Good morning, Grace Fellowship Church. We're so glad to be with you once again for our weekend services. We're going to start this morning with a song. And as always, our hope is that singing together as God's people, it will help us prepare to hear from him, our Lord, in whatever way that he wants to speak to us today. So if you will, take a deep breath, center ourselves, let's pray. I'll pray for us. If you'll join us in that, and then we'll sing together, okay? God, I pray that you would bless this time. Our Father in heaven, that you would bless this time as we sing to you, sing to your Son, and trust your Spirit. Holy Spirit, we trust you in this time uh, as we sing. We're lifting our voices and we're lifting our attention to you, our triune God. We love you. Amen. This is Search Me.
it's Mother's Day and we want to say Happy Mother's Day. And I know this is a strange time and many of you may not be able to celebrate in the ways you might normally celebrate, but it's important that we celebrate moms and motherhood. So to all you moms, I want to say we love you. Um, we're so grateful for you and what you do in your role as a mom matters. It matters so much, not only to your family, but particularly to God. You are so precious and valuable and your role as a mom is so precious and valuable. And in many ways, you are such a tangible expression of God's grace. In fact, for your kids, probably one of the most tangible expressions of God's grace. So we just wanna honor you and celebrate you today. And for those of you who might particularly experience pain or grief on Mother's Day, whether it be a longing to have a child or the loss of a child or the loss of a mom, or a fractured relationship. Uh, I feel that pain and know that pain greatly. And I just wanna say that God cherishes you and he loves you and he sees you and you're complete. And I encourage you to find your comfort in him. So to all the women in our community, wherever you find yourself today, we just wanna say we celebrate you, we love you, and we wanna honor you today. And in doing so, I just wanna take a moment to pray for the women in our church. And if you have a woman that's sitting there in your home with you, will you just make yourself especially mindful, maybe put your hand on them and let's pray for them together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the women in our church and the ways that they mother, the ways that they love, the ways that they care and nurture. We thank you for our moms and just the expression of grace that they are. Lord, we're so grateful that you have given us these mothers to love and care for us. And Lord, I pray that for those moms who might be struggling, that you would meet them and surround them and care for them. Those who are experiencing particular challenging, challenges in their parenting, that you would come alongside them. Lord, we honor our mothers with you as you bless them. And we pray this in your name, amen. So we've been studying the Holy Spirit and it's been timely and rich, particularly in this season. And we know that the Spirit has been at work and doing very tangible things in the lives of people in our community. And so we would love to hear those stories. We would love to hear how the Spirit's been at work in you or through you or around you and have you share those stories with us. And one of the ways you can do that is actually on our homepage, we now have a new button that says, share your stories. And if you would just take a moment to consider what God has been doing and share your story with us, we'll then take those and find different ways to share them with our community. And I think, I just wanna remind you, it's important that we testify to the work of God, to the work of the Spirit, to declare His glory and His goodness and His greatness. So I encourage you to think about how the Spirit's been at work and share those stories with us. So please take a little time to let us know. So our passage today is in 1 Corinthians 12, which is the passage we were in last week, and we're gonna expand on that this week. So will you join me in reading 1 Corinthians 12, four through 20. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, 
to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He gives them to each one just as He determines. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. This is the word of the Lord. So this morning we continue in our Holy Spirit series. And this month we're looking at the Spirit's role, not just in us as individuals, but in the larger community, what He's doing among us as a church body. And we have this wonderful passage that talks about the body of Christ and this great dynamic about the unity of the body, but also the diversity of the body. It's one body, yet there's diverse and many parts to the body. And we're looking at the Spirit as playing the key role in both our unity and diversity. So this morning, we want to look at the diversity of the spiritual gifts that the Spirit gives to His church. And there's different passages in Scripture about the spiritual gifts. Uh, here in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul seems to focus on the gifts that emerge in the context of when the church gathers together and, and worships. Uh, and he lists gifts that we might consider some of the extraordinary gifts like tongues and prophecy and healing and things like that. And then you have other passages where Paul will mention gifts that feel a bit more ordinary to us, like Romans 12, where he'll mention things like serving and teaching and encouraging and generosity and leadership. And I don't think any of these lists are meant to be exhaustive. They're just representative of the kinds of ways that the Spirit gifts His people. And so I just want to acknowledge, you know, there's so many questions surrounding the spiritual gifts today, and this is not the context to try to answer all those questions. So what I thought I would do is I just want to share the two most basic truths about our spiritual gifts. In my mind, these are the most foundational truths that we all want to be able to embrace regarding our spiritual gifts. And they're really simple. They're really easy to understand, uh, but they can be really hard to embrace. I, I think people can take a lifetime coming to terms with these two basic truths. And as my experience is a lot of people have a very complicated relationship with their own spiritual gifts. We don't know how to sit with our gifts. We don't know exactly how to feel about them. And so I think these two simple truths can be incredibly liberating. So let me share them right up front and then we'll see them in the passage. So here they are. The first one is this. The gifts that you have, whatever gifts you've been given, are precisely the ones that the Holy Spirit wants you to have. That's the first truth. And the second truth is having said that, your gifts are not for you. They exist for others. They exist for the body. So let's just tease out these two truths this morning. So first, 
The gifts that you have are exactly the ones the Holy Spirit wants you to have. Paul seems to really want to make that point clear in this passage. Look at verse 11. After listing the diversity of gifts, he says this, All these are the work of the one and the same Spirit, and here's the phrase, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. The Spirit takes each one of us and determines his plan and purposes for us, and he gifts us accordingly. Verse 18 makes the exact same point. But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Paul could not be more explicit. Every single part, not just some of us, but each of us, has been placed just as, not sort of or kind of the way he wants, but exactly the way he wants. And what I love about this is that the Spirit is not a generalist. Like the Spirit doesn't just kind of throw some gifts out at the church generally and, and hope they land in a good spot, right? He, he's specific to each one of us. He particularizes each one of us, places us, and gifts us exactly how he wants us to be. And so on Mother's Day, I was thinking in this way, the Spirit is like a great mom, right? Moms don't love their kids generally. Moms love each of their children specifically. They particularize their kids. They know each kid, what, what their kids need, what their gifts are, what their wounds are. They see each one so particular. And the Spirit is like that with us. He gifts us exactly the way He wants to gift us. And I just think if each one of us could truly embrace that, I think about the confidence and the security that could come from knowing I am gifted exactly the way God wants me to be gifted. And think of the freedom that could come in terms, especially in terms of how we often want to compare ourselves to others. And the comparison game is, it's so unhelpful, but it is so common and so easy to do to, to see other people and to see these other gifts that you maybe want to have and to feel insecure, to feel jealous, you know, especially if they seem more interesting to you. Maybe you have the gift of, of serving or of listening, but you're like, that's not that exciting. I want to be like a, I want to have the gift of strong leadership or something like that. And that can leave us really insecure. And, and we can spend most of our lives fighting who God has made us to be. And I think a lot of people spend a lot of their lives fighting who God wants them to be, being frustrated with their limitations. And whether we realize it or not, what we're implicitly saying when we do that is, God, I don't like your plan. I don't like your thoughts. I don't like your design. And what we forget in that is our perspective is so limited because we're always right, just thinking about ourselves. We're seeing things from, from what we want for ourselves. And what Paul does in, in this passage is like, let me give you a bigger picture view of things. He opens us up to God's view, which is that his church is, is like a body and there's all these different parts. Verse 15, he says, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. Why should the foot want to be a hand? Why should the hand want to be a foot? Verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? It's interesting if you think about it, if, if each one of us just got our wish about how we'd want to be designed, I think Paul's saying the body would be this monstrosity. It'd be this big eye just floating around, or maybe an eye and maybe a hand, and, and that's it. But that's not what a body is. A body is a diverse organism. And some of the parts of the body that we don't often think about are indispensable to the body, right? I mean, you, there are little tendons in your body that you don't even know the name of. 
but they are so important to the functioning of your body. Or there's little protein molecules that are in your, in your body that you'll never know what they are, but your body would not work without them. And so Paul is reminding us the body is this exquisitely designed thing. And that is how God has designed his church. And so what we're being called to is trust. Trust God's larger view of things and trust the way that God has gifted you. I want to share just a moment I had in my late 20s, because this was something that I really wrestled with. I can remember this moment. I was probably, yeah, late 20s and just feeling the limitations of my personality, my giftedness, and really being restless about that. And so I went on this, this silent retreat day and I was at this beautiful retreat center and I was sitting on a bench in front of a bunch of trees and just kind of having it out with God. And then I, I looked up and I was actually in this orchard of various kinds of fruit trees. Like there's an, I can't remember all the trees, but there's an avocado tree, there was a fig tree, there was an apple tree. I'm sure there was some citrus trees. And I saw all these different kinds of fruit trees and I felt like God in that moment was like, Dave, I have designed different kinds of fruit and why would an orange tree, tree ever try to squeeze out avocados? I mean, why, what would be the sense in that? Oranges are so uniquely orange and avocados are so unique in their own way. And I have designed you in your own unique way and there's, there's unique fruitfulness that I wanna produce in your life and it's different than the fruitfulness I'm gonna produce in this person's life, in this person's life. But trust the fruit that I wanna produce in you. And that was a really freeing experience for me. And I think God wants us to experience that all in our own rights, that he, is, he has made us exactly the way he wants us to be. So that's the first truth. But then the second truth we need to hold together with that first one is, yes, we are gifted exactly as we're meant to be, but the second truth is this, your gifts, unique as they are, are actually not for you. And they're not about you. Your gifts are for the body for the building up of others. Look at verse seven. Paul says this, now to each one of us, the manifestation of the spirit is given for what purpose? For the common good. Your gift is there for the community. In Ephesians four, Paul says it this way, we're, we're gifted so that the body of Christ might be built up. So you're given your unique gifts, but the purpose is to build up the body as a whole. All that to say, your gifts are not about you. They're not for you. They are for the body. And again, simple concept, but if we could embrace that, I think that would really change the way we think about ourselves. Because on the one hand, sometimes, you know, what I mentioned earlier is we can move towards insecurity and comparison. But the other temptation with our gifts is actually to begin to form an identity around our spiritual gifts, right? Because by definition, gifts are things we're good at. And so we can try to make it through this life and say, well, here's something I'm good at. So I'm going to go to this thing to give me a sense of value and, and significance and, and, you know, legitimacy in this world. And we can start subtly feeding our own egos by the expression of our gifts. And we can say, I'm going to use this thing to gain people's attention and to gain their recognition and gain their approval. And over time, pride can actually start to set in. We might not even think that's what's happening. And we don't like the idea of being prideful. So oftentimes we'll disguise that in a false humility and people say, you're an awesome leader. And we're like, no, I'm, I'm not very good. I'm not, you know, we kind of disguise it, but we get all wrapped up in our spiritual gifts. It becomes an essential part of us. And again, I think when that happens, we're missing the larger picture. 
And again, Paul is trying to keep us with the larger picture in view, right? This is about the body. Your gifts are for the body. So if you teach, don't teach so that people can hear you teach. Teach so that people can be taught, right? If, if you have the gift of prayer and intercession, don't pray so that people can hear how spiritual your prayers sound. Pray that you can lead others into God's presence in prayer and, and so that they could receive the help they need through your prayers. Your gifts are for the body. And so I think Paul calls us to what I would call a loving detachment when it comes to our gifts. And what I mean by that is we recognize the gifts for what they are, which is gifts, right? We didn't earn them. We don't deserve them. They're not rewards for good behavior. They're simply gifts. And the way we use the gifts is not by looking inside and saying, what does this gift, gift feed in me? What does this do in me? But actually by looking outside of ourselves and simply asking what is needed in this situation? What does this person need? What does this group of people need? And then to see our gifts from a place of loving detachment. See it kind of objectively. This is, this is a resource that is available to this group of people. I should steward this resource. I, sit, I should manage this resource just as I would want anyone else who has the same gift to use it. So not being so wrapped up in the gift, but just experiencing a loving detachment and using the gift faithfully to build others up and to serve them. So those are these two simple truths. You are gifted exactly the way the Spirit wants to gift you. And your gifts are not for you. They're for others. They're for the body. So I want to leave you with a verse. And this is my favorite verse in the Bible when it comes to spiritual gifts. And it's 1 Peter 4.10. I'm going to put it on the screen so that you can see it. And here it is. Each person should use whatever gift they have received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in various forms. And it's that last phrase that I love, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. So the idea is that when we use our spiritual gifts to serve each other, we are administering God's grace. Because the truth is God's grace comes in, in various forms. And that word various, it can mean diverse or multicolored. And the picture that someone shared with me once was this picture of a prism that just does white light, which continue, you know, contains all the different wavelengths of visible light. As it comes into a prism, that prism bends the light so that then you can see all the diverse wavelengths and colors of light. That that's how it is in the church. That God's grace is like this white light coming into the church. And as the Spirit gifts His church, that's the prism, the, the giving of gifts, so that people can then experience God's grace in so many diverse and various and multicolored ways. So that you might experience God's grace through someone encouraging you, or through someone praying with you, or leading you, or teaching you or giving generously to you. These are all different colors of God's grace that comes to you. So I want to leave you with what I think is a remarkable reality, and it's this. We get to be channels of God's grace to one another. I mean, that's amazing. We get to be channels of God's grace to one another, and we get to receive God's grace from each other. And here's the truth about every single one of us. I need God's grace every day. I need His grace to encourage me, 
to strengthen me, to give me what I need for this journey. And one of the most tangible ways God's grace comes to me is through you. As you pray for me, as you serve me, as you teach me, as you lead me, as you give generously to me. And I have the same opportunity of offering God's grace to you tangibly through the use of my gifts. So that is this beautiful picture of the body. The Holy Spirit giving diverse gifts to each one of us so that the body of Christ might build itself up in love. When we seriously consider the truth that as followers of Christ, we've all been given gifts by the Spirit for the sake of others, it begs the question, do you move through your days and weeks using your spiritual gifts? If you're not, I found three common barriers you might be experiencing. The first is, you're just not sure what your spiritual gift is. The second is, there may not be a formal or organized context for you to use your gift, such as a church program or a formalized role in ministry or a leader-defined role to plug into. And thirdly, you may have a pretty good sense of your gifts, but you're simply not using them. So let me quickly address these barriers, and then we'll let the Apostle Paul have the final word. To the first barrier, I've observed that for many people, there can be an over-mystified conception about spiritual gifts that makes it all a bit murky or elusive to identify what one's gifts are. So to demystify this a bit, one of the best ways I've learned to unearth what people's gifts are is to ask this question. When you think about ways you like to love other people, what do you naturally gravitate towards to do that? My mom comes to mind when I, I think of this. My mom has the gift of hospitality. How do I know that? Because that's her natural bent. She loves to have people over, strangers and friends alike, cooking for them, engaging in conversation, making them feel welcomed in her home. It's a way she really likes to love people. And people do feel loved. I know others who have been blessed financially, and they love to generously give their resources away to help others, and still others who have practical skills to offer, and they love to serve others with them. Some are amazingly empathetic, compassionate, great listeners, wise and thoughtful people who don't keep those gifts to themselves, but share them out of a spirit of love. So what is it for you? How do you like to love others? It's a great clue, and if you're still not sure, Ask the people in your life that know you the best. Their input can really help. And to the second barrier, and maybe especially in this season of COVID, as formal in-person gatherings are not happening like they used to, does that mean the use of our spiritual gifts grind to a halt? On the contrary, there are just as many people to love and to serve and to build up as there has ever been. And now more than ever, the need for the body of Christ to organically mobilize and take individual initiative to serve one another is a crucial calling. You know, one of the things that has always been a risk for the church is the professionalization of church responsibilities. But the biblical way is the priesthood of all believers. We all have a part in this kingdom project, paid or not, formal or informal, in public or behind the scenes. So let's all do our part. And lastly, to that final barrier of 
knowing what your gift is, but you're just not using it. Let's let Paul have the final word. In Romans 12, where Paul lists some spiritual gifts, his exhortation to his readers has always humored me in the painfully obvious and straightforward way he gets at it. What does he say? If your gift is prophecy, then speak out. If your gift is service, then serve. If you're a teacher, teach. If you have the gift of encouragement, well, let's see. Oh, yeah, be encouraging. If it's generosity, well, you get the idea. Not a lot of nuance there. Someone once said, good things when short are twice as good. So good job, Paul. If the Apostle Paul lived in the age of Nike, he might have stolen their slogan, just do it. So what might be the Spirit prompting you to do with your gifts? Who can you love? Who can you serve? What can you give of yourself to build up others? So before we move into our singing, let's just take a half a minute to consider these questions. What are some tangible ways this week you can love and serve others? Maybe God is prompting you to particular people or particular situations where you can make a difference. And let this be our ongoing prayer, asking God to reveal ways, paths, and people who we can share our spiritual gifts with. Let's build up the church together. Take these hands and lift them up For I have not the strength to praise you near enough I have nothing, I have nothing without
for you, there would be nothing. There would be no hope. Jesus, you are the one that gives us hope, that provides us with that gift and that joy. So we know that we need you and we thank you that we have you. Thank you for blessing us. Amen. Well, we hope this morning has been an encouragement to you, and we want to leave you with some reflection questions. They'll be on the screen. You can reflect alone or with those who are with you. And let's just close our time with this benediction. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day.